right, we got some uh, some troublesome, some worrisome, some nerves about Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, pop quiz hotshot? Your player just went down to the back contusion. What do you do? What do you do? Whenever I hear, like, an athlete going down with a contusion, a bruise, all I can think of is that scene from Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Take your gear off. Take your gear off. <laughs> well, here's how it sounded uh, last night with the or yesterday, yeah, last night with Giannis's scary fall. Onto the just right down and drives into love. And yeah, Giannis, Giannis is hurt. Down. And Giannis, I think he's holding him back. He is. His injuries this year have been mainly knee. Had a hand injury later in the season. Well, we saw him that He's like writhing He's around on the ground, yeah. holding his tailbone. Jean Morant went down and had to be. Wasn't good. Hopefully, it doesn't become like a TJ Ford situation, right a compressed spine. Well, Giannis, I mean, he tried, he tried. He came back on the court, and then um, here I got Mike Budenholzer comments. Here you go. Here's, <laughs> I'll let Booty say it. Here's Budenholzer. It's a back contusion. Um, there was X-ray that was clear here, so we'll monitor him, see how he does. Um, you know, see how he wakes up, how he feels the rest of tonight, tomorrow. Uh, in 2021, you guys had put Giannis on Jimmy Butler. What was the thought process behind putting Drew and Wes and Jay on his head instead? Um, I, I mean, we got, you know, I, I feel like a lot of options uh, to go there. And so, um, you know, Giannis basically played 10 minutes tonight. So, um, you know, we feel good. Uh, credit to Jimmy Butler tonight. He was great. He's a dog. Um, you know, he's going to see a lot of bodies. He's going to see a lot of different people. And, um, you know, we'll do better going forward. Uh, with Brooke playing so far off of Bam, obviously, I think there is some thought that you guys might want him to shoot some of those shots. Do you need to make those more difficult? Or, or what is your thought process on seeing Bam take those free throw line jumpers? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, he got into a little bit of a rhythm, uh, you know, made him uh, at a pretty good clip. And so, um, you know, I think Brooke's got a good feel. And, um, you know, we've got to guard Adebayo better. We've got to guard their entire team better. They kind of, they had twos, they had threes, they had everything tonight. So credit to them. They played well. Now back to what people want to know about. Uh, sorry, back to Giannis. Um, he left and then returned, and then you pulled him again a couple of minutes later. What did you see that you didn't like, or maybe you were caught? Yeah, he just, you know, wasn't moving, um, didn't look comfortable, confident. So <laughs> <Is> he paralyzed? <laughs> um, yeah, it felt like the right thing. And there's history with him. He came back from the wrist, an all-star break. You know what he did in 21. Um, are you mm, do do? just cautiously hey, optimistic, or are you totally neutral? You're going to wait and see what all the readings are? Yeah, you know, we have to wait and see, um, you know, what the doctors say, you know, most importantly what Giannis says. Um, you know, certainly we've been blessed with him being uh, incredibly resilient and quick to heal, but... Um, you know, you just got to take it day by day and uh, see how he's doing and see how he feels. There you go. There's a little Mike Budenholzer action as the uh, the game itself. I mean, the Heat were absolutely unconscious shooting the ball. Like the 60%. Heat were the Heat were from nuts. three. Yeah, on almost sixty percent from the field. Yeah, they were wild. They were crazy. And every time, and I said this to start the show, say it again. Every time the Bucks, like you thought, maybe they'd start a little run in the second half. The Heat had a big answer every yeah. single, every single time. And when Giannis isn't there to clog up some lanes and be a shot, you know, a rim protector, shot blocker, et cetera, it's, I mean, they had their way. Their way. They, they just willed it in. It was, yeah. I mean. And Jimmy Butler's a total dog. He had 34 points. 35. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. It just felt like even, <laughs> even when Giannis was healthy before he got hurt, the Bucks seemed a little flat. Yeah. And they, the Heat I mean, were out there 11 minutes. playing much better than the Bucks were. And then when he did go down, it was like, oh, well, the entire energy in the, the arena was gone. So that, that that almost just, it didn't feel like it was going to be a good Bucks game early, and yeah. then everything was just gone after Giannis. Now, that being said, it is the NBA. It's one game. They play series for a reason. Normally, the better team rises to the top and wins. But depending on how bad that Giannis injury is man it's just you freaking can't stand the heat am I the only one no I don't, I don't care for the heat either no. it's it's the like here's the thing the Celtics have beaten the Bucks recently like in playoffs but I don't have like an animosity or anything for the Celtics I think they're really good 
it's the heat that just bug you. I don't know if it's just because of the 2020 bubble. Well, that definitely has something to do with it Probably. for sure. Yeah. Now, the heat, the heat. Uh, I think it stems back even when uh, when LeBron did his big thing of uh, the decision. Not one, not two. Like not e- three. even then, I'm like, God, these guys are a bunch of jabronis. But I, <laughs> I, I like LeBron. Like you liked watching the Heat at that time, though. But at the same time, you're like, you, you rolled your eyes. But now it's like, Tyler Hero is unlikable. Did you see him do the "You can't see me" to the crowd like before he broke his hand? Yeah, because somehow he thinks uh, early in the first quarter, pro fans hate him. Well, I mean, you are in, you know, Milwaukee. Right. Where, but still, nobody yeah. there cares that you didn't choose Wisconsin. Like more of them care that you chose Wisconsin over Marquette. <laughs> and, and Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler with the Marquette connection, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Jimmy Butler's a complete dog. Like Jimmy Butler. Well, okay, Rowdy. Who? What don't you like about the Heat? Is it specific players or just the Heat? In general? I don't know. It's just something. <laughs> it's, it's something. It's something. About it's like it. they, they just bug me. Like I, they bug me. Tyler Hero bugs me. I like Jimmy Butler though, but I can see how he like he can get under the skin. Yeah. And then I mean Eric Spolstra. I don't mind him, but it's like a collection of. You're right, Rowdy. It's like I don't. I know, can't, I can't put my finger it. on it, but it something about the Heat bugged me. <laughs> don't know what I it can't. is. And like, I'm not even a guy that I have Get it. no qualms or issues with Tyler Hero. I could care less if he came to Wisconsin. Maybe in that moment I was a little bummed. But yeah. Here's this, uh, what happened too yesterday. Um, I still think the Bucks are going to get by this and Giannis is going to, uh, you know, come back. Uh, the, you know, it's a contusion and the x-rays are negative. So we've seen Giannis have more freakish looking injuries. And come back to put the team on his back. Well, you would think yes. that the Bucks don't come out, especially being punched in the mouth game one and taking the L. You don't think that the Bucks can come out as flat as they did game one. Also, I don't think the Miami Heat can come out and shoot the way no, from no, no. behind the yeah. arc the way they no. did in game one. Check so that's, stat. those are two different things that are going in favor of the Bucks, even though Here's the Giannis the injury is a little bit alarming. This is this is the stat for the Heat that you're like, there's no way this could ever happen. The Heat outshot the Bucks by 36 percentage points on threes in game one, 60 mm-hmm. versus 24. That's the third biggest margin in any game in playoff history. The Heat shot also 18% better than their expected effective field goal percentage in game one. Uh, that is the biggest overperformance for any team in any playoff game over the last five postseasons, excluding the bubble. So you throw Jeez. the bubble out. The Heat were doing things that A, have never been done before in playoff history, or B, have not been done in the past five seasons for effective field goal percentage. Uh, the thir- the the difference between the percentage points thirty six percent the third biggest margin in any game in playoff history so there's no way the Heat continue to do what they're doing but that being said I think going <laughs> <There's no way. laughs> going into this matchup it's not like your old Bucks Pistons or you know Bucks versus that eight seed that was terrible yeah. like Miami totally lost an extra game so that they could be. The eight seed because they preferred to play. If you believe the reports, they be, uh, preferred to play the Bucks instead of the Celtics. So it was going to be a little bit tougher than the average one v eight series. But I think with the Giannis injury, and I don't even uh, the hero injury. Yeah, whatever. Clearly, the Giannis injury is much bigger to the totally. Bucks or Twitter poll too. But um, with Giannis being hurt and this potentially affecting the Bucks and him moving down, the, you know, the series. I feel like that just turned the series into a dogfight. Yeah, totally. Like, I, mean, I would ant- 100% anticipate in a standard 1-8 series, I would have said either a sweep or five games. Like, that's pretty typical. Yeah. Six but it was already going to be a tougher matchup. I probably would have easily have said five right off the bat, and that was just top of my head. I think this is at a minimum going six. This this could even go seven games. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, it is turned into a dogfight, which is not ideal if you're the Bucks. No, not at all. But here's what's <laughs> good for the Bucks: overall number one seed, so the playoffs do run through it. I know they lost at home yesterday, but uh, Giannis in his playoff career has uh, yet to have a game, game seven sevens at home. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Phone lines do you blow. find it weird that they went with that alternate court? That blue, the blue one, but they didn't wear the jerseys with them. It was a little. I heard all week they were scrapping the blue court. 
It was a. It was I feel a little, like if you're gonna go with that blue court, you, you gotta wear, wear the, the alternate blue jersey. I agree. Except they wore the alternate black jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm, maybe something was wrong with the. I'm other not a court. jersey guy, but I just noticed it. Yeah. yeah. It was a little like, right, what's going on here? Yeah. Do you find that weird? Like the Grizzlies, for example, they wore their away uniform or their. Well, you usually, technically the Bucks did too. Yeah. Like I never. I'm not a. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You got to at least wear the jerseys to have people go buy them. All right. Inspired by Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller in the broadcast yesterday when the Bucks went down had said that the Heat losing Tyler Hero, a bigger blow than the Bucks losing Giannis Adendokounmpo. I put it up on Twitter at Zone Madison, uh, which is the bigger loss for the team. 83% say Bucks losing Giannis. That's exactly where I voted. Rowdy, I'm pretty sure you probably voted there too. I think the 17% voting for technically Tyler Hero. Are they really, really dumb? They're Heat fans. <laughs> Like what else? How would how else would you explain that? I guess that would be like the only explanation, right? Because I don't know how you can like honestly say with a straight face that the Heat losing Tyler Hero is a bigger blow than the Bucks losing Giannis. Giannis, what's the comparable it, for like? Giannis is a former MVP. Giannis is an All Star. Giannis is a Defensive Player of the Year caliber player. Giannis is in the running for MVP once again. Yeah. Giannis is the best player on the Bucks. Yep. Giannis is the face of their franchise. Yep. Giannis is almost everything but a great three-point shooter for the Bucks. And free throw shooter. Tyler Hero is just a good jump shooter. What would be the equivalent of like the Tyler Hero for the Bucks? Tyler Hero for the Bucks? Yeah. Who would be like that equivalent? I don't want to say like Grayson Allen or Pat that's, Connaughton. That's right where I went to because he's better than that, but like a better version of yeah, that. I would say like a Grayson Allen or a Pat Connaughton. But I'll give him credit where it's due. A better version, correct? A a more deadly version that has the ability to go to like get absolutely hot and drill shots, and all of a sudden you know ring up th- back to back to back threes and, and score nine points in a minute by himself. Yeah. Like he's that type of scorer. So, but I mean, the role he would play would be like a Grayson Allen on the, on the Bucks. Now I would say like for a comparable, the Grizzlies using John Morant would be like losing a Giannis Adenokounmpo. Do you think you could argue that maybe it's like a combination of like a Middleton and a Grayson Allen? It's somewhere in between that. Totally. Because, I mean, Tyler Hero brings... Look, like, he, he's got the Grayson Allen role. He's not the quote-unquote number two like Chris Middleton would be. But he has the ability to score at a clip like Chris Middleton. And he's definitely got that villain in him like Grayson Allen. Tyler Hero does. But, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he scored the first two buckets for the Heat right out the gates. Like, you know, he was already... He was inspired. I feel like the closest thing to a Giannis on the Heat would be Jimmy Butler getting hurt. Yeah, hands down, totally. The Grizzlies losing John Morant with a hand injury, which we saw yesterday, that's like losing a Giannis uh, for an NBA franchise because he is, you know, the Grizz. Like, that's the face of the Grizzlies. So I think we would be in agreement saying that the biggest injury the Bucks could sustain from their team would be Giannis. Yeah. Like, they lost Chris Middleton last year, and they still made it to the conference semis with Giannis, and the rest of the supporting cast really didn't play that well. Yep. And they ended up losing in seven to the Celtics. Yep. Um, I would say that Jimmy Butler is clearly a bigger loss to the heat than Tyler hero. I would say that bam out of bio would be a bigger loss than Tyler hero. Because remember when Giannis is healthy, they try to use bam out of bio to guard Giannis because he is big. He is long. He is athletic. And he's one of the, handful of guys in the NBA that can actually yeah. man up on Giannis. Could be the Giannis stopper. Or help create that picket fence that the Celtics and the Heat made famous yep. on Giannis. Those two guys, in my mind, are clearly more valuable to the Heat than Tyler Hero. There's no doubt about that. And so- then I feel like there's there you could get in arguments about other guys here and there. But at best, he's like the third most important player. At best. At, I'm trying to like get in the mind of Reggie Miller. Like, is that you're just trying to make some waves? Yeah, be controversial because losing Giannis is huge. Losing Tyler Hero, not that huge. 
But I digress. Now, the Bucks have lost opening games before in a series. Hell, in their uh, run to the playoffs, or the finals, excuse me, when they won the championship, uh, they did sweep the Heat. Then they lost two in a row to the Nets, went back and won that in seven. Then they lost the first one to the Atlanta Hawks, won that in six. And then they lost the first two in the NBA Finals to the Suns, where then they won four in a row. So we've had precedent of this before. Giannis also, uh, if in case people forget, looked like he tore his knee in the places that I think you could never tear before in the championship run. Uh, he came back the next game and was a dog. But the question now is, I mean, opening on the playoffs, how bad is the injury? How bad is the back contusion? Giannis did come back until they told him to go back to the locker room because head coach Mike Budenholzer said that he just wasn't confident in his movements and wasn't feeling that good, but they're going to continue to monitor him and see, you know, how it goes. No. I don't. I, I'm not worried about it, though. Here, here are some numbers from Scotty Dog. Scotty Dog. Now, this is the Milwaukee Bucks under uh, Budenholzer. The Bucks are five and one in series. They lose game one. Five and one. Five and one in series. They lose game one. Let's go. They are three and two when they win game one. I'm not worried. That's some. You are honorary stats member now, and the res, honorary research department memberee, Scotty Dog. That's good, dude. I'm not worried. I'm not worried either. I'm only worried if Giannis is legitimately hurt. Yeah. and can't play. The results negative for the X-rays. They're just going to see how he's feeling. Now, chalk up game one. Team came out flat. Then when Giannis went down, they were even flatter. Um, it was a loss. You got outplayed. Yeah. Uh, the Heat shot out of their minds. Bucks didn't do anything overly well. Your best player went down, and it just looked like you kind of packed it in. It was like the morgue center. Now, that being said, if Giannis isn't healthy, I think all of a sudden you see the guys rise to the level you know that they have to compete at yes. because they realize that their best player and their leader is down. They'll have to rise to the occasion. But I think it also might... If Giannis was out for the series, I think it also could potentially throw a wrench in the Miami Heat's game plan. Because they were all about stopping Giannis, right? The picket fence. They yeah. got to do this. They gotta... That might buy the, the Bucks and some of the lesser players a game or two where they're looking or maybe they're going to have to go back and make adjustments because all of a sudden they completely game plan to stop Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah. Now, well, that being said, I think overall without Giannis... I think this is an absolute game seven, uh, and I would favor the Miami Heat. But as long as he's still healthy and playing, yeah, we knew that this would be a, the worst matchup that the Bucks could have potentially pulled. But I still like the Bucks, and I feel like I shouldn't be on an island by myself here. No, I, just I, because I, I of like one the Bucks loss, too. like it, it wasn't a great game. But if he is healthy. I still don't see them losing the series. It, it's it's going to be tougher. Yeah, it could go six, maybe seven games if if Giannis is healthy. But I just don't see them losing. Well, here, here's the good thing about the regular season: the Milwaukee Bucks all year never had their full complement. Well, I mean, they did for a couple times, but for the majority of the season, they didn't have their full complementary of you know the Bucks. Chris Middleton hurt, Drew Holiday hurt, Giannis hurt. You know, they, they took turns of sitting down and nursing injuries, and other guys stepped up in their absence. And they still were and got the best record in the NBA, the best team in the NBA, playoffs run through Milwaukee, and that was without them being 100% for the entire year. So they've done it. It's just the playoffs ramp up a little harder, obviously. I still like, even if, like you just said, Rowdy, even if Giannis doesn't play the rest of the series, I still like the Bucks to get by to the second round. Now, I'm not saying that. We'll disagree on that. I think I would favor the Heat if Giannis doesn't play another game, but this was going to be competitive. I think if the Heat played well, regardless of a Giannis injury, I still see this series of going six games just because it was a tougher matchup. They've played tough against Giannis. They have, uh, I guess, slowed him down. But if he plays... I don't see how they lose the series. It's oh, yeah. going to be tough, but I don't yeah. see how they lose. Yeah. We'll see what happens with uh, Giannis. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock is game two at the Pfizer. Was anyone there in attendance listening right now? Were you there uh, yesterday? 
the West Coast crew, the Milwaukee Brewers, take three of four from the San Diego Padres. Absolutely electric. Wade Miley doing it and doing it well on the bump yesterday. It was a sack fly from Brian Anderson was the difference of a U Darvish. And the Brewers get it done. Rowdy, um, not the greatest against the Diamondbacks, only won one game. But now three of four from the Padres and that huge roster they have, got to be feeling good about the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was a huge game to win yesterday. I know Devin Williams put a little bit of fear in a lot of Milwaukee Brewer fans at the end there where he did walk the, or sorry, he walked a ton of guys and nearly walked in the tying run, but kind of like uh, the old K rod. That's, that's who he reminded me of. Yeah. Francisco. He did get it done. He did get it done. The Brewers did win. And despite what some people say, that was a strike on the last pitch. Yeah. We had, I got, I digress. Big, big series for the Brewers because you know, you're up in that game. It felt like all game one to nothing. You can't blow it at the end because if you would have told me going into Thursday afternoon, when they were going to play game one against the Padres that night, that, Hey, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Padres would split this series two and two. Yeah. I'd felt all right with that. I'd totally. be like, all right, that's a decent uh, series against a team that is seen as, you know, one of the better teams in the NL, a team that could potentially be a contender for a world series. I would have been a hundred percent fine with it. I'd be like, all right, we'll take a split. But the fact that you had a one to nothing lead and you were able to hold it and you got that three to one series win, huge series for the Brewers. Yeah. Gigantic Milwaukee um, crushing it. And, um, well, okay, one of the listeners that called in, our guy, not to keep bringing him up, but he is funny, Terry, the King of the North, our resident Cubs fan, by the way, Cubs second in the NL Central right now, but he said uh, the Brewers won because of the ineptitude of the umpire that it was a ball from Devin Williams, the airbender. Rowdy, even if we had robo-umps, the you know robotic umpires, if AI was involved in this, you saw it, I saw it. That pitch would have been called a what if the robo ums had their way? Yeah, it would have been a strike. And now, yeah. was it at the top of the strike zone? Yeah, it was. But it wasn't high. I didn't think it looked really that high on the, the uh, well, the, the replay or the live pitch. I thought it was right at the top of the zone. And according to pitch track, it was at the top of the zone. But regardless, yeah, Devin Williams didn't have his best stuff. He was walking people. He was very erratic with his command in the strike zone. But all in all, they got it done. They won the game. The Padres never scored a run. Yep. Brewers win. They win the series 3-1. to one. Now they have a 4-3 and three road trip with three more games, uh, what, in uh, – uh, Seattle yeah. against the Mariners. Yep, Corbin Burns going tonight. Finishing now, off their 10-game road trip. There was some Brandon Woodruff news over the weekend. Yeah, not good. Uh, they're going to be longer on the IL coming up, Rowdy. Yeah, so originally it was shoulder fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. And he was going to miss two to three starts, and it was precautionary. But I know I said this. I know our guy Becker called in and said this. I know some people chimed in on Twitter. Becker. That shoulder inflammation could nag him the entire season. Oh, God. Like, it's better to get ahead of it early, yep. like the Brewers were being precautious, than it is to have him try and keep pitching through, and all of a sudden, boom, now you're, you you might need shoulder surgery. So, I don't want to be alarming, but they said it came back with, you know what, for, well, the first news was, hey, you know, we're not exactly sure, but he's going to be out a little longer. Yeah. Then the second news came out, and it was like his scapula in his shoulder, which is like one of the bigger um, muscles in the shoulder connected to your rotator cuff, which clearly is not a good thing. Not good. And, yeah. So, you know how Adam McAlvey tweets all that out, and yeah. then you'll have, like, those doctors the internet doctors? Yeah, that'll say, hey, this is... Or, or like those, actual yeah, doctors who have a Twitter yeah, account. Yeah, like those, uh, maybe a little bit of both here. <laughs> but yeah, I know you're talking but about. But yeah, they tweeted at it, and basically the guy was like, yeah, anything where you're moving your arm like across your body, this is going to be worse. They're not and, the, they weren't the ones on like TikTok doing dances when people were dying in their care. Was it, it wasn't those doctors, were they? No, these were probably closer to the doctors that were like, quote unquote, illegally seeing Tom Brady for his physical, oh, so make sure you okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just clear the air there. But yeah, it it sounded like 
from what I gathered is if he gets ahead of this and kind of like shuts it down Uh four to 12 weeks, he should be a hundred percent. But if you keep trying to pitch around this and doing stuff like that, it could turn into potentially tearing the scap or tearing. If things really go worse, your rotator cuff. And clearly that's the season. It, it honestly kind of sounds somewhat what Freddie Peralta dealt with last year. Remember Freddie got hurt and they, they put him on the shelf and were caution mm-hmm. or cautious about it. Yeah. Then he came back and pitched a little bit and he pitched fine. And then all of a sudden the shoulder re aggravated and then they put him on the shelf again and then ended up needing surgery. I don't want to say that's what it sounds like, but it kind of sounds like that. That's not ideal. Which is not ideal at all. But hopefully it's the three to four weeks and he's back and feeling good. But now think about this long term. So the long term contracts that Brewer fans are most concerned about, uh, Christian Yelich. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we can't do anything about that right no. now. Is he back though? Willie Adamas, who according to him going into the season where none of his you know, none of his people were in talks with the Brewers. Nope. He didn't feel super confident about coming back. Nope. Corbin Burns, it's almost like a guarantee. He's, he's out of here. He's gone. And then Brandon Woodruff was the only one who it even seemed like the Brewers were somewhat interested in extending long term. No, he's hurt. And it was only preliminary, remember? <laughs> and Brandon Woodruff's like, oh, we, you know, we've t- chatted a little bit, but it's preliminary. Yeah. But that's it. There hasn't been anything serious for the three biggest guys that are going to be free agents in a couple of years. Well, now, if you think about this, say things do get bad to worse. And say he does need shoulder surgery. He needs, he needs to go under the knife. Now, he's going to be 31 years old next year. He's going to be coming off of a shoulder surgery. And you're going to have to be offering and paying them big time money. And oh, by the way, starting pitchers, normally once they hit 32 is kind of like their wall where you start to see the velocity go down or they have to kind of figure out a a new way to pitch. Now, granted, there are obviously outliers like Justin Verlander. Like clearly there's outliers and everything, but your standard hitter starts to go downhill by the time he hits 35, starting pitching 32, relief pitcher 35. He's, he's going to be about one year away from that quote-unquote cliff, and he's going to be coming off a of shoulder surgery. Do you want to be married to uh, big-time money no. with Brandon Woodruff? No. No. <laughs> exactly. No. Now, this if, if this were to get worse, that puts the Brewers in even a tougher I situation hate. if they did want to actually offer him long-term money. Because we know, we know Brandon Woodruff's going to command easily, easily, 25 plus million a year. Yeah. And Corbin Burns is easily over 30. So, well, okay. Then look at Freddie Peralta start on Saturday. Are you nervous about Freddie Peralta of him being like the third in the rotation? Or is that just kind of an off game for Freddie Peralta? No. Yeah. You know what? You're going to have that, right? Yeah. If you're you're healthy an entire season and you throw every five days, you're going to have 30 to 35 starts depending on, you know, if they want to manipulate, you know, around the all-star break and get Corbin Burns in there for another start, whatever, but you're going to get 30 to 35 starts. You're not going to be great every single game. Yeah. Corbin Burns got his two out of the way right away. Right away. I'm not concerned about Freddie Peralta. And Oh, by the way, they were playing the Padres. Padres were supposed to be a good team. They're supposed to be an NL contender. They're supposed to have a good offense. They just haven't necessarily played that way. But guess what? They touched up uh, Freddie a little bit, and Jake Cronenworth, uh, he really touched him up. (laughs) Yes, he did. But, yeah, I'm not concerned about Freddie Peralta at at all. I'm more concerned that these injuries for the Brewers are starting to stack up like firewood in the pitching staff. Yeah, and then you look at Gus Varland, who took a a 105-mile-per-hour, you know, Ball to the face. He's on the 15-day IL. Now, thankfully, they're saying more of the injuries are actually to his arm and his hand, which is his right hand. More cuts. Yeah, it sounds like so. It he also went on the IL. He's going to be out for a couple weeks, but it didn't seem like it was because of his, you know, getting hit in the face. It was more, hey, uh, it's the hand. It's a cut. It's yeah, so shouldn't be worried, but it's another hit to the pitching staff. And now that bullpen that was way better than expected has to kind of maneuver around and try and figure it out. And it's like, 
I believe it was Elvis Peguero was the guy that was recalled from AAA. Yeah. That was the corresponding move. Now, he was one of the guys in the trades uh, that has good stuff, has some wipeout sliders, has, has a good fastball. But again, another inexperienced, unproven big league commodity where, man, it's like how many more bullets can this pitching staff take before we're going to start to see a, a drop off? Because, oh, but. I know we led the segment talking about the Brewers and getting a win against the Padres and Wade Miley. Wade Miley, outside of Brandon Woodruff, might be their most consistent pitcher so far. And yeah. now Woody's on the IL. Yeah, Wade, Wade Miley crushing yesterday. I wanted to play this clip quick uh, uh, from Gus Varland. So Gus Varland, he took a 105-mile-per-hour screamer to the face and the hand. Uh, take a listen to what the Gus was. Yeah, I'm more mad about the slider location. Uh, it felt good out of hand. It just didn't get there. Um, came back at me in my hand and my chin and my left forearm. Uh, just kind of rocked me a little bit. Um, felt fine though. It felt like I could have kept going, but I think that's the adrenaline talking there. So yeah, it rocked his chin, his hand, and his arm. X-rays came back negative on his right hand, which took the brunt of it. He said his teeth are also good. <laughs> uh, but it's just, like you said, Rod, he's precautionary for the guy. Well, so, that's the thing. It's like if he did have a cut, like, on his finger, people don't realize if you have a cut on your thumb, your pointer finger, yeah. or your middle finger for pitchers, that it's huge issues. Oh, Remember, blister like, too, even. Yeah, blisters or hangnails. Yeah, it's Just because good. of the grip on the baseball. And, and how you snap off your breaking balls or whatever, those those it, weirdly enough can be big issues. Yeah, yeah. So Gus Bus, I mean the Brewers uh, influx of pitching right now, um, and then there's uh, Devin Williams last night. So the Airbender, what did he do last year out? You know what's he doing this year? He likes to make things interesting sometimes, doesn't he? He likes to make you sweat it out a little bit at the end of the games. Now before. Uh, well, well he farts won. around so much. Yeah. Like, not throwing strikes or like, ugh. Was it when the Brewers won in 10 innings, was that Thursday night? Was it Friday? One or the other. He uh, was boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. Locked down. And then it was Piams that came in and got his first, uh, it was Thursday night. Piams came in and got his first career save. Uh, the airbender yesterday, Devin Williams, he really liked it, as you said, screwed around yesterday. But he got it done when it was, you know, accounted. Well, it seems like. When he's going good, he's throwing strikes right away, and then he's got that nasty changeup. It seems like at times he just gets too cute trying to be, you know, right on the edges and everything. It's like sometimes just, dude, just throw a strike. <laughs> and by the way, like you don't did. have to be so fine. He did for the final striking out of the game, despite what other people uh, want to say to the contrary. Oh, yep, tonight, uh, what, Corbin Burns on the bump. Yep, Corbin Burns against the Mariners. Yep, Corbin Burns versus Chris Flexen. Ooh, that's a power name right there. Flexen is a serviceable starter. Nothing special. He's not going to blow you away with anything, but he's also not a guy that's awful. Flexen. Yep, Burns hopefully uh, has another performance that Council describes as, and I quote, the best of his career. Oofta. Oh, man. The Grant Bills of the Worlds, the Ben Kennys of the Worlds, look away. Cover your ears. You're not going to like this. An Adam McKelvey article, Rowdy, at MLB.com. Huge win for Brewers in a very odd fashion. They say here are three moments that defined the 2023 Brewers' defining win yesterday over the Padres. Number one, uh oh. Ben Kenny Grant Bills, cover your ears. Number one, Garrett Mitchell Bunts. <laughs> they say you Darvish absolutely dialed in, which he was. What he had 12 strikeouts? You Darvish was in it, dude. And they say, why not bunt? Mitchell says, I saw Manny Machado not super far back, but not super far in. And right before Darvish got set, I made the decision I was gonna put the ball down and see what happens. And what happened? Well, game changing play. Mitchell got it done. Eventually, what, stole third base without a throw, then scored on Brian Anderson's sack fly to left field. What would you say, Rowdy, to the, uh, the naysayers of bunting, like the Grant Bills and the Ben Kennys of the world? Oh, I mean... Go after yourself? Like like Mitchell said right, right there, Manny Machado was kind of playing far back. It made sense. It's, it's not like they had a shift on like they used to shift, but, yeah, they left a decently big hole, and I don't know if anyone's paid attention yet, but... Uh, Garrett Mitchell, 
Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, you know, those young guys. Yeah. They're all pretty athletic and fast. Yeah, it seems to be. Uh, Wade Miley also said on the bunt, quote, to me, that's cool, old school baseball. It's beautiful. Oh, baby. Love it. Uh, number two for the defining win yesterday, Miley's, Wade Miley's pinpoint control. Dude, he's been money this year. And, and like you just said with the pinpoint control, he hasn't been a huge strikeout guy. But Wade Miley is one of those guys that you just love to see. So, you know, when I was talking about Woodruff and just standard starting pitcher, normally when they hit about 32 is where you need to start to see some changes. Mm -hmm. Wade Miley was a guy that came up and he was right in the thick of things for a rookie of the year. I believe he was a one-time all-star and a borderline all-star multiple times early in his career. Then all of a sudden he kind of lost it. And he had ERAs in the fives, sixes, you know, blah, 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 blah. Going into that 2018 season, goes back to his college coach, realizes that he's over-rotating, he's got to change some of his mechanics, and he goes back and changes it, comes up with some different things. And this was when he was like 30-ish years old. This is when it was like make or break yourself. You're you're either about done with your career or you gotta you got to figure it out. Well, he figured it out. He came back, pitched for the Brewers in 18. Clearly, we all know as Brewer fans, he pitched well. And since then, he's been a pretty solid, serviceable pitcher yeah. when he's healthy. Hell yeah. He just hasn't been 100% healthy since 2018 in those years. But no matter it be Milwaukee, whether it be the Astros or the Cubs, he's been serviceable. Yeah. And he's healthy. He's throwing the ball well. He's spotting it. And if you notice, he doesn't throw hard. No, but he throws the ball exactly where Pinpoint. he wants it. And he's got good enough junk to get away with it. And, and Wade Miley arguably has been their most sturdy pitcher so far this year. Hell yeah. You Darvish yesterday for the Padres, seven innings, four hits, one earned run. He was Str- good. Struck out 12 on a hundred pitches. He was good. Wade Miley, seven innings, four hits, struck out eight. Other than that, zeros across the board. He didn't even, Wade Miley didn't even walk anyone, Rowdy. You Darvish, you Darvish was, was really, really good. Was dialed, but the Brewers were able to sneak across a run. Yep, Wade Miley was pretty darn good. He was. It was uh, nice to see. So Wade Miley, the stopper. Wade Miley, by the way, Rowdy, a one point five ERA to you Darvish's three point four four. Wade Miley, crushing, and then the uh, the third of the bullet point for the Brewers' huge win. Over the Padres yesterday, Devin Williams' final pitch. Williams and Trent Grisham go all the way back to the Brewers' minor league system where Grisham was known as Trent Clark. Trent Clark, yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Williams has played against him when he's been two different names. So, uh, yes, and Devin Williams made things interesting at the end, but guess what he did? The game-ending stake three or out. That was nice to see for the Brewers. Uh, these young guys are just dynamic. And then you pepper in some of the old guys like a Wade Miley. What's Wade Miley, 36 years old? Yeah, he's somewhere in there. Wade Miley, but let's hear from him uh, after the game yesterday. We're going to – this guy's been crushing, dude, pinpoint. Put seven innings, gave up one run, punched out a bunch of people. But, no, I just know I just got to go out there and try to uh, keep him off the board. I know it's going to be a tight one. You were getting strikeouts with everything. It was slider, uh, how were you able to establish command early? Um, we were getting that, that low rail zone. We were getting that called, and Willie was doing an outstanding job, you know, working working field back there and getting those calls in the bottom half. And it and just kind of forces the um, it forces the opposing team to have the swing at that pitch. And uh, I mean, I give a lot of credit to, to Contreras today on how well he caught the ball and um, recognized things. And, and, and we were we got on the same page today, and that was fun. It's awesome. I mean, that, that, to me, that's like cool, old school, good baseball. You got to manufacture some runs. We were able to do that. Garrett Bunnen got on and then stole third, and the sack fly gets him in. I mean, that's 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 beautiful. And you know, it's just my job now to just go out and try to keep it there. I'm just gonna pause right there. I mean, how cool is it, Rowdy? The Brewers are winning games in so many different facets. Like you had, as Miley just said, old school baseball yesterday. So on the broadcast, now this was this was earlier in the 
series, but they flashed up when the Milwaukee Brewers were scoring runs and when they weren't. So in their wins, they're averaging seven runs a game. Mm. Their losses, and this was when they had five losses. and They got uh, blanked a few times. In the five losses at the time, they had only scored six runs. Wow. So so when that stat was flashed up, they're averaging, a, when they lose, they average about a little over one run per game. When they win, they're scoring seven. So, yes, clearly it's been a lot of feast for the Milwaukee Brewers, and they've done it in a lot of different ways. We've seen a ton of home runs. Yep. We've seen manufacturing runs, kind of like what they had to do to win on Sunday. But we've seen stolen bases, taking the extra base, whether it's like a, you know, a flare for a single, but they stretch it into a double. And it's a lot of the young guys that are doing that. Christian Yelich, I don't want to say he's back because he's not, but he's starting to spray the baseball a yeah. little bit. When did he get his dinger? Was that on Saturday or or was it? Fr- when did Yelich hit his last dinger? Uh, was it Friday? I don't think it was the weekend. It was a Thursday or Friday. Yeah, one of the one of the others. I remember it was a solo shot, if I remember correctly. But I did, I did see one of our listeners tweet this out Uh-oh. yesterday, and I had to like it because it made me chuckle. Who's the listener? And what did it say? It was beers and taco. <laughs> oh hell yeah! And and this was, you been Kenny? No, this was uh, at the towards the end of the game. Wade Miley, you beautiful son of a bitch. He is a beautiful <laughs> sob, isn't he? He is a. <laughs> If you were to see Wade Miley, you're like, this dude embodies Wisconsin. He is a beaut. Who's a, who's, so Wade Miley's 36, and when Joe Ingles hit a three uh, yesterday, they're like, and the 35-year-old with the three. Who looks more their age, Rowdy? Joe Ingles at 35 or Wade Miley at 36? Because both look old. Oh. I think, so, Joe, I think Ingles looks older. So, so do I. I think Ingles looks like he's like a 40-something-year-old. I think it's because it's old. the balding. It is the, it is the balding. Wade Miley looks like a he looks like a guy who's coming into his mid to late thirties. Joe Ingles looks like a guy who's coming into his like late forties. But he's thirty five he's a year younger than Wade Miley. It's it's the hair. It's gotta be. It's definitely the hair. Wade Miley's got that Wisconsin body setting in, or has had that Wisconsin body, but Ingles just looks like some someone's old dad. It's like maybe a little hanger. Ingles Ingles looks a lot older. Yeah. But he's a year younger than Wade Miley. I'm the same age as Joe Ingles. I look at Joe Ingles and I'm like, is that what 35 year olds look like? Do I? I'm 35. Do I look like that? And then I go look in the mirror and it's like, all right, well, I'm not balding, and you know, I, I would like his bank account, but yeah, We're tough, tough scene. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Speaking of the Bucks, we'll get back to them as they fell game numero uno to the Miami Heat. It was a, uh, it was a blow because of Giannis going down, and then we have to get into the Green Bay Packers as well. I haven't really touched on them. Uh, Packers apparently getting stubborn. Stubborn. Brian Gutekunst in the front office. All right, Green Bay Packers. Over the weekend, this came out. The Green Bay Packers remain, quote, a little bit stubborn in trade negotiations with the Jets over Rodgers, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Quote, Green Bay wants a premier package of draft picks in exchange for Rodgers, presumably over multiple years. The Jets have just been unwilling at this point to go that far. He added the Jets and Packers made a little bit of progress at the NFL League meeting in March, but that was, again, in March. Nothing much has happened in the ensuing weeks. He said uh, one of the continued bargaining is the protections placed on any draft compensation tied to Rodgers' future in the NFL. So if you were hearing all this, Woody Johnson, the owner of the New York Jets, uh, he was all in. And then when Rodgers came out on uh, the Pat McAfee show to say that he was 90% going to retire, and then heard once he came out of the darkness that the Jets, or I'm sorry, the Packers were shopping him around. And then he got all pissed off and then was on his FU tour and then said his intentions are to play for the Jets. Uh, but, Rowdy, I mean, the Packers are stubborn over this. I mean, shouldn't they have, don't they have the right to be stubborn? This is a four-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers. Like, do you have the right to be stubborn? Do you ever think that when you trade these type of players, whether it be in their prime or – what Aaron Rodgers currently is now clearly probably on the last few holes of his career. Do you ever really think you'll get true value for what they can do? No. Or what they bring to your organization? Never. Exactly. Never. But you want to try and get as much as you possibly can. Totally. And you're not going to let the jets 
have their way with you. And just because the front office and the Green Bay Packers in general and maybe the coaching staff have officially moved on from Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is their guy. They want to move forward with Love. Doesn't mean you just give them away. Not at all, especially when you know they have no backup plan. Exactly. And they've already, Woody Johnson, remember before Woody Johnson, they flew out there with all their brass, uh, with Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala and, you know, on Woody Johnson's jet. And they're like, we're getting this done. You are a guy. We want you and only you. What's their backup plan? They don't have any. It's like, imagine if Aaron Rodgers was like your car and you just bought a brand new one. Well, you know, it's probably got a few good years left in it. It's still worth a decent amount of money. What, are you just going to hand it to the neighbor kid and say, here you go. There you go, thanks, Johnny. Thanks for it. the couple hundred bucks. No, not at all. Things worth five grand. Five grand for a new car? <laughs> well, for your old used car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, New York, the, the, they don't, that'd be like, that, they don't have a backup plan. They'd be like, all right, I'm going to take the bus to work then. That ain't happening. The Jets don't have anything. The trade falls, I mean, the free agent market is barren. And what is uh, what could they woo Lamar Jackson maybe who uh, wanted to trade from the well, the Ravens but now you know if they, Odell's with the Ravens if they do want to go after Lamar Jackson remember that the Ravens put that um uh, what oh, it the, was the uh, special franchise tag on them they'll have the pony up big time draft picks it's two first round picks they don't even want to give one to the the Packers right now so not only would the Jets have to pay a lot of money because Lamar Jackson would have to get get signed, they would have to also give up two first round picks. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a team that doesn't want to give up a lot of draft capital. So I don't think that's going to work for him. Doesn't sound like it's going to work at all for him. The Jets literally painted themselves in between a rock and a hard place. I don't know how much hardball they can play unless they really want to go and have Zach Wilson be their starting quarterback. Do you really want to do that? He's He sucks. He's terrible. You've already, you know, Roll out the red carpet and pull your load for Rodgers. Like, and also, the Jets team really isn't built to have Lamar Jackson come in and play uh, quarterback and have it set up in his favor for the best of his abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, the Baltimore Ravens, when they drafted Lamar, said Lamar is going to be a quarterback. We're not going to change him into a running back. We're not going to change him into a wide receiver. But they kind of built their entire offense around Lamar Jackson and now, did they give him some of the weapons that he probably needs to really succeed? Eh, they kind of went pretty light on that, kind of like the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers at times. But I could actually see him coming in and playing at a higher level because the team around him is built for his uh, you know, strengths. Actually, in Atlanta, more than I do in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, just from that perspective, it doesn't make as much sense for the Jets. Now... Does this 49ers decide to get serious and throw their hat in the ring? Do you see Brock Purdy came out and said, quote, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play this year. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, not, he doing his, good. he's not doing good. He's not doing good. Had his UCL surgery. surgery. And remember, he couldn't get it after the Super Bowl. He had to wait months because, unfortunately for him, his swelling in his elbow was so bad it wouldn't go down where they could not operate. Yep. So they had to wait wait for the swelling to go down. He just had that surgery less than a month ago. Yeah. And they don't believe that he doesn't know if he'll be able to play. And the only other quarterbacks that they got right now are Sam Darnold. Is Trey Lance even cleared to play? Trey Lance has the bad ankle. Yeah, because he had surgery too, didn't he? And yeah, he and that was like week two or three. And he sat out the entire year. Yeah. So now you have no elbow, Brock Purdy, no ankle. Uh, Trey Lance and no Sam talent. Darnold. <laughs> no talent. See and go <laughs> Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, no arm, no ankle, and no talent. That, that, that equals uh, no good. Well, Christian McCaffrey. And Jimmy G's a Raider. Yeah, Jimmy G is uh, in Las Vegas. Did you see Jimmy G, by the way? He's got, he's got like a free pass to the Bunny Ranch whenever he wants. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Yeah, the, uh, the Bunny Ranch out there, well, it's not in Vegas. It's a ways away from Vegas. It's like a giant brothel. Legal, Jimmy G literally has a all you can <clears throat> card. He can get, come and go as he pleases at the Bunny Ranch. Road. Who set him up with that? Uh, the Bunny Ranch people. No, I was gonna say Mark Davis, uh, Lamar Odom, maybe. Because <laughs> remember when Lamar was the story of Lamar Odom was there, and he like 
He almost died. Partied a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, OD'd. OD'd on women and drugs. Well, yeah. That's actually the same place where Mark Davis gets his haircut. <laughs> well, he got a new haircut, though, Rowdy. Did you see his new haircut? No. Yeah, I, just, Mar- I just remember him with the bowl cut. No, he upgraded. He shaved it. That's an upgrade for him. I, I kid you not. He shaved his head. Go look it up. It's, it was uh, in February. Uh, with the, the day after Valentine's Day, I think, went viral. Raiders owner Mark Davis goes viral over his new look. He's bald. Okay. She's bald, Jerry. Bald. He, see, I can get down with a bald Mark Davis. It's an upgrade. He, yeah, he looks way more intimidating. Before, he looks like a buffoon. He looks a lot better. When he's got the bowl cut. He looked like a man-child before. Yeah, you, you just say, you could consider, is this guy all there? You ever seen the movie Radio? I have seen that movie. It looked like he'd be his best friend with that haircut. Yeah, it, it was like, or how about, what is it, Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. Now he's bald. He looks like a completely different man bald. He looks like a mobster boss, doesn't he? Like, yeah, like he can come in and command a room. Like he looks, now he looks like a guy who owns the Raiders. Yes. Before he looked like a guy who... He looked like the strange, maybe half their brother of the owner that owned the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> this, this look at, he looks like he's... Uh, what is Robert? Man, there's this one picture of this bull. It is a bad look. There's a quote that Robert Downey Jr. It says. It almost looks like it could be a wig. I know it's so bad. But why would if you had to get fake hair and you had to wear a toupee? Why would you get something that ugly? Well, it's not, it's, there's no way that's a toupee. I, but it, some of these pictures, it looks like it could be. It's that bad. He, his haircut looks like he should have been in the original Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> he looks like he's like Doctor Zayas, his brother. It's such a bad. <laughs> it's so like okay. Do you think it's just because he's so wealthy? That everyone around him is yes. just a bunch of yes men, and yes. no one has the balls to say, Mark, you look awful. Yes. You look like Dr. Zayas. <laughs> you look <laughs> awful. The, the best thing he ever did was pick up the razor and shave his head. Well, here's the thing. He's not, apparently, he's notoriously cheap. Uh, he like still drives around like a 1998 like Dodge Caravan. Dude, if he's cheap, it's easier to just shave your head. That's what I'm saying. That's like I can't believe you didn't do this earlier. Like shaving your head's got to be the cheapest haircut around. Uh, let's ask our sports director Zach. He can Heilprin. do it himself. That's what I'm saying. All you got to do is buy the razor. Go in the shower. Zip, 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 zip. You're good. Why would you willingly choose to look like Doctor Zayas? Is beyond me. Now I just keep picturing that character from Planet of the Apes. To escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape. Here you go, Rowdy. He can talk. He this can is talk. He can talk. He can talk. Planet he can of the Apes talk. musical. He can talk. I can sing. Get this off. This is for this is for Mark Davis. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. He looks just like Dr. Zayas. The spinning image. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. You don't want to watch the Planet of the Apes musical, Rodney? <laughs> Not the musical. <laughs> uh, by the way, I watched, um, uh, was it Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Was that the first one of the new boot with James Franco in it? When Caesar... Good yeah, movie. I haven't, I haven't Good seen movie. all of them. Good movie. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I have actually have seen the old ones. Great. I watched all of them, too. Uh, they fall off pretty hard after uh, the first one. But still, not bad. And that's what Mark Davis looks like. All right, 608-321-1670. Not, not anymore. Now he's shaved. Now he looks like a guy that you know legitimately owns the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, he looks like a mobster now. So, yeah. Hey, Rudy? No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know how John Goodman in a lot of his movies is kind of like the, the heavier funny guy? Yeah. And then what movie is it? Is it Hangover, Hangover 3 where he's got the he's shaved the, head? Yeah, he's the mob boss. And I think he's also a mob boss in uh, The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, I believe. And he's got a shaved head in that. I don't know if he's got a shaved head in Hangover 3. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's I think it's the, yeah, you're thinking the of Gambler the, with yeah. Mark Wahlberg, the remake of the James Conn movie. Yeah, he's got his... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's he's got a shaved head. Yeah, he looks he so much more badass with a shaved head as like a mobster boss than, you know the, 
heavy, fat, funny guy. <laughs> the Dan That's Connor? like loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks way more badass bald. Mark Davis is in the same. Uh, and you can't say league. that for a lot of people. Mark Davis, well done for changing your look around. You look a lot more no, badass. Yeah. Some people look awful bald. Yeah. Some people pull it off well. Like our guy Zach Halprin. Yeah, he looked very dapper at his wedding reception on uh, Saturday. He's bald, man. Like when I think of people that could grow hair but looked really good bald, I instantly think of Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? I'm trying to. I can't picture him with hair. He had hair at North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I just can't picture it. Early in his NBA, NBA career, hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. looks really good bald, probably better than with hair. He's got the look down. All right, anyways, enough about hairstyles. What were we talking about this on Saturday? Someone went to Turkey, got a hair transplant? Yeah. Yeah. Trouble in New York already? Guess who is sitting out off-season workout programs routing for the Jets? No, it's not Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, can you really be sitting out the, the the programs when you're not even officially on that team? Are you really sitting out? It's Quinn and Williams. They're all pro. Uh, he's trying to work to a new deal. I just... <laughs> the all-pro defensive lineman for the Jets. He's sitting out the off-season program right Could now. you imagine the leader of the defense, Quentin Williams, and the leader of the, de- or of the offense, Aaron Rodgers, both not at training camp? Oh my, oh, my God. But on Twitter right now, one minute ago, breaking news... As it's snowing in Green Bay, guess who is walking in to the uh, the facilities for Title Town? Jordan Love. I was going to say Mark Murphy. Marcus Dingleberry Murphy? No. Uh, he's probably being a schlep somewhere. No, but yeah, but uh, seen walking into the facilities with cleats in hand. White cleats. One Jordan Love. And then Pat O'Donnell falling right behind. Pat O'Donnell. That's kind of a ballsy move going with the white cleats. Yeah. Well, they're in, they're practicing inside. So is that why Rowdy, the ballsy move? Cause you could get grass stains on them. Well, just most of the time you don't see people wearing white cleats unless it's like, you know how they have those alternate yeah. all white unis and you kind of go all white, but I think your standard typical shoe is normally black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you remember Booby Miles, he's going to do it with black Nikes on his feet. <laughs> I don't know why you got white Adidas water bug. <laughs> nice reference, dude. <laughs> water bug. Well, yes, Jordan Love walking into the facilities. The Packers were sure to put that on Twitter and pump it out there hard as people are. Pu- Literally, it's Pat O'Donnell and then Jordan Love. It's the- <laughs> Talk about two different kind of positions right there of uh, two videos posted. Oh, Pat, o- Pat O'Donnell giving a big fist pump here. Let's see what old Patty Case has to say. One second here. Let me just. Uh... Back like we never left. It's snowing. Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's Pat O'Donnell. There he is. Let's see if Jordan Lowe says anything. Sir, how you guys doing? Snow first day back, man. Can't beat it. Could you imagine? They sound very excited. Yeah. Imagine being a guy from South or being a guy from the West Coast or Southwest. Anywhere that's not North or Northeast or Northwest. Can I say this? Imagine being a guy who lived in Wisconsin the past three days and it's 80 degrees. (laughs) Well, (laughs) imagine being this guy if you're from the Southern United States or the West Coast and... You grow up your entire life, and it's super warm pretty much all year round for the most part. You get finally to the NFL, and you go to Green Bay, and it's we've already heard from a lot of players that it's boring. But oh. you get you get there. Brody, we don't have to hear from players. Yeah. That. You get there. You play your season, and at the end of the season, it's cold as hell, <laughs> snowing, ice. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, we didn't make the playoffs. I'm going to go back to California or whatever. You enjoy the nice weather, and then you're getting ready to get back for training camp. And you're like, oh, yes. Hell, yeah. It's 78 degrees in Green Bay today. And then when you finally get there on a Monday, it's 32 degrees, <laughs> sleety, snow, and crappy. And you're like, this is literally how I left it. And, oh, by the way, I left it like three months ago. It's yeah. still crappy. It's uh, no bueno. 
I heard it was 80 degrees here, though, not too long ago. Yeah, Bakersfield, California, Jordan Love. That's where uh, Corbin Burns is from. You can, you can hear it in his voice that he's very excited again. Yes, sir, how you guys doing? Snow first day back, man. I can't beat it. <laughs> again, very uh, excitement running high for the boys. Is it just me or is it a little strange that the Green Bay Packers don't really have a ton of money to be spent right now? on any type of free agents. Now, granted, I know a lot of barren market. too. Yeah. The markets are kind of dried up because a lot of the signings, but also, you know, that there are going to be June 1st vet cuts because there's always an influx of vets that get cut on June 1st because of the salary cap situation and the contracts. But do you find it weird that they haven't done some moves yet to free up more money to have that money sitting there? I think Vernon Scott was cut. I mean that that doesn't mean anything. No, like that was like the only thing that I heard. I think. Yeah, Packers waved Vernon Scott over the weekend. <laughs> that was it. That's all they've done. But yes, to your point, yes, it is That's like that's like saying coming into our office and like say HR goes, Oh, we had to let someone go today. Like but it was someone that we don't even hardly know that was you know, worked in well, the corner I mean, and was like That's the uh, one move that had who? happened. That was that yeah. was it. But I'm saying like the moves that the Packers can still make that make a huge difference in their salary cap or that can carve out some space, they still haven't done. No. Rashawn Gary extension, that's still out there. That has not been done. You think it's all stems on Rodgers? Now he's coming off of that knee. The Rodgers trade is going to happen when it happens. Like the Rodgers trade versus Rashawn Gary getting extended, I don't think they're connected at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's just some of those moves like where they've done a lot of the restructuring that they already did, but there's still some moves out there that have not happened that can help them free up more money. Maybe they're waiting till after the draft, but whatever it is, you would think that all of that would probably want to be done before June 1st. So you have the cash on hand to go spend when those cuts get made. Yeah. I don't know. Just thinking Uh, out loud. Well, I mean, no, you're, you're right. It's the Packers can't really do anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they 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 literally they could. Who'd be out are there? waiting for the draft. After the draft, you start to get into your mini camps and your training camps or whatever. You're waiting until June first because they're really it, they really aren't going to sign anybody of any note right now between yeah. now and June first because, like you said, like a lot of those guys have already been signed. A lot of the guys that are out there are kind of meh players. Mm-hmm. No one's really out there that's going to be a, a big game changer. Let's see who's flo- DeAndre Hopkins, the biggest name floating around out there. And he said he wanted to play for the Bills or the Chiefs. I think over the weekend he said Bills or Chiefs. And listen, the Packers, even if they wanted to get DeAndre Hopkins, they couldn't afford him. They have no money. They got nothing. Yeah. And would you want him? 608 Let's go to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? This is Nader. Nader. Nader censored. What's Coming up, Nader? Back in. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has a stipulation that he demands a certain level of what his trade value is? That he, he won't be traded unless he gets a first or a third round pick. I don't know. He doesn't give a crap. For his ego. I feel like I it would he, be the exact opposite. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd be like, well... I would want the Jets to give up as least amount of value as possible, especially if I'm thinking about playing for them this year and into the future. Yeah, he don't give a crap, Nader. He said, like, yeah. the only thing holding up is the Packers and the Jets kind of, you know, seeing who's going to move first, blink first. This is a real business stalemate that they're at right here. They're playing That's, chicken. Uh, they're it playing seems chicken. to be impossible. Yeah, that, exactly. Because... What the Packers are going to have to lose, they're losing a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's very clear. And yeah. you cannot have him be on your team. That's for sure also. <laughs> God, wouldn't, wouldn't it be little, awesome, Nader? Think of this. Wouldn't it be awesome if Rodgers, like the, the trade doesn't happen, the, the offseason program start, and Rodgers actually shows up to OTAs? Yeah. Good luck with that. You, you know I, what would piss off fans? 
if he did that. That'd be they awesome. Would be, they would be so butthurt that he showed up now oh, when they've been calling for him to it. show up for the last few years because they would know that he's just trying to stick it to the Packers. Hey, does anyone think that's – hey, let me ask you this, Nader. Aaron Rodgers is a minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Does anyone else find it weird that Aaron Rodgers, minority owner, is not in attendance yesterday at the Pfizer Forum with his reported boothing Mallory Edens on the sidelines? The the concerning thing is how calculated he is. That it's you're going up against like a Darth Vader character. <laughs> he is so smart. I think he's on genius mental level. Oh yeah, he's a part of the mental club. Yeah, he beat an astronaut it, in Jeopardy. It's a tough battle, man. You know, in the world of meatheads, he's he's fighting. He's a meathead with a brown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A meathead <laughs> with a ticking, time, a ticking time bomb. Yeah. He's like a he's like a mad genius right there, just plotting. He might be. Is he more intelligent than the general manager? That, I think that's quite no. That's now point. we've gone too far. I bet you Rogers would say so. No? Goody went to okay. the Harvard of the Midwest. Yeah, UW Lacrosse oh, Nader. Okay. Yeah, that's the, right, that is the Harvard of the Midwest. I think that's the. Is Don't it, you got to talk it out. I can listen. Is it the right? second hardest you school gotta, to get into? In, Don't let anyone in tell you anything ever. Anything different. It is the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs>